Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. (laughs) I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now, very pleased to have returning to the program uh, Bob Herrig, longtime golf rider, uh, spent time at the Tampa Bay Times ESPN, currently with SI.com, and has uh, published and released his first book, Tiger and Phil, Golf's Most Fascinating Rivalry. Uh, glad to have Bob returning here this morning. And uh, <laughs> just how do you there's been books written about phil about tiger and so deciding to do this how did you go about deciding kind of the outline and the angle to approach putting this together yeah thank you very much for having me i appreciate all that applause (laughs) that's uh that's very nice and uh i don't you know we'll see if there's the applause after people read it but actually it was just a I just thought it was a project that had, had you know, a, a topic that had never really been explored, even though it was sort of, um, you know, kind of on our minds for a couple of decades as we followed these guys along. Um, you know, they were they were sort of always there. They were the two constants, you know, for as for as long as, uh, you know, Tiger was number one in the world. You know, Phil was number two in the world for like 300 some weeks. In his career, he never got to number one, but he was always that he was always number two to Tiger. And I just started poking around into, you know, their history and you see how often they converged, actually. You know, the day that Tiger um, won his third straight uh, U.S. U.S. uh, Am at at Pumpkin Ridge, uh, you know, third straight in 1996. On the same day, Phil won his ninth PGA Tour title, uh, holding off Greg Norman at the World Series of Golf in Akron. So, I mean, and then, you know, the next week, Tiger turns pro, and and the game was sort of turned upside down, and, and it kind of went on from there. You know, Tiger has a great record, but Phil's is pretty darn good, too. And, um, you know, it ended up being an interesting process all the way through to the end, and 
you know, I wish I had more time because there's even more to talk about now <laughs> as, as, as it's uh, as it's played out here this year already. Well, and I thought it was fascinating. It's mostly chronological as you've, you've structured the book, but you start uh, with the 2004 Ryder Cup when they were paired together by Hal Sutton. Why was it important to start the book with that uh, that particular intersection of those two? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, actually, you know, I wrote an introduction, which I wasn't going to do. That came about after Tiger's car crash. Um, you know, I was heavily in the, in the throes of writing the book when that happened last February. And I was really thrown for a loss as to how to handle it. You know, like, how do you, it was, you can't not deal with this at this point. So I decided to write an introduction, which I wasn't going to do originally. I was just going to start with chapter one, uh, which is still the one about the 2004 Ryder Cup. And I just think it highlighted their tension, their rivalry, their sort of different paths. Just to, I, I wanted to show right off the bat, you know, why this was a book, why this was a topic. Because at that time, you know, Tiger had won eight majors. Phil had finally won his first uh, at the uh, 2004 Masters, and they were paired together at the Ryder Cup in two matches on the same first day, and they didn't perform very well. They got beat, and it just sort of epitomized, I think, their relationship back in those days. They they weren't able to get over the fact that for a couple of days they needed to collaborate. And that was very difficult for them to do at that time, especially Tiger. He was going to have a hard time, you know, putting his arm around Phil and bringing him in and, and, and helping him uh, or, you know, talking strategy. It just, his mind did not work that way. He's like, this guy had a much better year in the majors than I did. He did. Phil won one and, and contended in the others and Tiger didn't contend in any, in know, four. It was a rare kind of off year for him at that time. And he didn't like the idea of still making up ground on him. And the last thing he was going to do was get chummy with him. And uh, so the whole thing kind of backfired, even though it still could have worked. Hal Sutton's been vilified for it, but he really shouldn't be. He just was a, uh, it was, it was just a, a decision that didn't work out. And, uh, uh, and, and the record is there to show it. Bob Herrig, our guest, his book, Tiger and Phil, Golf's Most Fascinating Rivalry, now available uh, on bookshelves, Amazon.com, and uh, anywhere else you uh, can pick up uh, uh, books. And I've uh, I, I've gone through some of it so far. I, I You know, sometimes you kind of scan things, but I'm reading everything. There's so much detail that you put into this going back to how both of them began their junior careers uh, the influences that they had uh, on them. And I'm curious, uh, you've been covering the game for so long. Was there anything that you went back and discovered that you absolutely didn't know or things that were of legend and lore that you discovered to be different once you started doing the investigation? I think um, the the main thing for me going all the way back is it was a reminder. I, I guess I sort of knew this, but didn't really think that closely about it. It was a reminder that Phil was Tiger before Tiger. And we all just kind of assume or take for granted the idea that Tiger's amateur career is one of the best ever, one of the best since Bobby Jones. 
Um, you know, and, and the record kind of bears that out. You know, Tiger won the three U.S. amateurs, the biggest amateur tournament there is in the U.S., uh, won the three juniors before that. He won some other big amateur events like the Western Amateur. Uh, he won an NCAA title when he was at Stanford as an individual. Well, Phil also won a USAM. He won three NCAA titles. He won new, and it was fourth in his other one. So he wins it three times and finishes fourth and one. But the thing that kind of puts him ahead to me is he won a tour event as an amateur. The 1991 Tucson Open, Phil won on the PGA Tour when he was a junior in college. For everything that Tiger did, and as great as he was, he really did not perform all that well in pro events as an amateur. I mean, relatively speaking, he never contended. He, in fact, he never even finished in the top 20. His best was a tie for 22nd at the 96 British Open, which was his last um, pro event that he played as an amateur. And, you know, I mean, in looking back on that, it's kind of surprising because because Tiger came out blazing as a, as a, when he turned pro. You know, he took an event or two, and all of a sudden he was contending in everything. He won two of his first seven. He had two or three other top fives in his first seven starts. And, you know, Phil didn't get off to that fast of a start as a pro, and yet he had already won an event. He was a fully exempt player when he turned pro in 1992. He did not have to worry about qualifying for the PGA Tour because he was already qualified. So I think that was kind of a surprise to me. When you dig into the weeds, Phil was an unbelievable player as a kid. He learned, you know, one guy in there, I believe it was Chris Riley, said, you know, Phil got great at an early age of giving victory speeches because he won so much, <laughs> you know. And if you think about it, they, you know, these guys have been famous for the majority of their lives. I mean, going back to their early teens and for Tiger, maybe even longer. And I think, I think that one stands out the most to me. You could have made the argument that Phil was going to have the better pro career based on what he did as an amateur. Well, and then, uh, yeah, it shows kind of the frostiness. They they were so ultra competitive. It manifested itself in different ways that we saw uh, on the course. Uh, Tiger with that steely-eyed determination. Uh, Phil would usually, he you know, the stories are legendary of practice rounds and, and fleecing guys for money on shots and, and the cockiness that he has. When was there something particular that you found putting the chronolog- uh, chronology together uh, when uh, the relationship started to unfrost a little bit and, the, and they realized uh, that they probably understood each other better than any of their contemporaries? It was, there's no question that that started to occur, to occur after Tiger kept having the health issues that kept him from playing. When Tiger started having back problems and was sidelined so often and, and he had... Um, in 2015, in fact, going into the Masters, kind of what we're doing right now, we weren't sure if Tiger was going to play. You know, he had, um, he had missed the Masters the year before because he had his first back surgery, and then he had a very shaky rest of the year with more back problems, and he came back in early 15, and he was very, very poor. He, had a, he withdrew from a tournament because his back was bothering him. He had incredible chipping problems that – the tournament in Phoenix and he decided I'm going to shut it down for a while. Uh, Like he needed to get his game together and we weren't even sure he was going to come back at the masters. And it was around that time that tiger later disclosed that Phil actually reached out for him and offered to help him with his chipping. They would have never done that 10 years before. In fact, it'd be 
I'm sure that there was too much pride and there was too much stubbornness among both of them. You know, Tiger probably would have loved to ask Phil about his chipping in a short game. Phil might have wanted to ask Tiger about controlling the ball better off the tee or, or you know, some aspect of his game that, that, that he could learn from, but they wouldn't do it. And guys do that all the time out here. You know, guys are always tinkering and searching and they're helping each other. And, and so, uh, but Tiger let out uh, that Phil actually reached out to me. He was really touched by that. And they were very collaborative on the Ryder Cup in 2016, the President's Cup in 2017. You know, Phil, Phil sounded like one of Tiger's biggest cheerleaders when he, when he won the Masters in 2019 and when he made his big comeback in 18. So they, that's when it, that's, during that time period is when it thawed. Now, I'm not convinced that it hasn't regressed again since then a little bit. Um, you know, this whole thing that's come up lately with – with, um, you know, the rival leagues and stuff. I mean, we know what kind of Phil stood on that and why he's sort of on the sabbatical right now um, and, 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 you know, the subject of a lot of controversy. You know, Tiger's clearly on the other side of that story. You know, he's, he, was, he very much sided with the PGA Tour. And so, you know, it's, it's possible that they're not, they're not exactly being too chummy right now, although I never really expected that they necessarily would be. Some of some of their some of that was was commercially motivated. You know, when they put together the match in Vegas, yeah, th- th- there was plans to do more of those, and there was really only one more that they did together, um, and that was for COVID relief. So that wasn't something they were going to cash in on, but there was a plan in place to do a bunch of those, and uh, you know, so they were. <laughs> it, it, it was it was financially feasible for them to get along a little bit better at that time too. I don't think you can dismiss that. No, no. And then it'll be interesting to see uh, kind of two parts here. Which one do you think we'll see back on a PGA Tour event uh, before the other? I know, uh, and, and I saw some of your tweets this morning. The interview schedule for the Masters is out, but there's a lot of holes in it, and so everybody's speculating: Are they waiting for Tiger? Um, and then, uh, you know, their, their stamp on golf as an industry, as a profession, as a professional sport, uh, is there much more left to be written for either one of them? Yeah, that's a good question first on who's going to be out first. I mean, you know, we're waiting here on Tiger. Um, and, you know, if, look, if he plays this week, obviously he's first. He's first back, which is the most would be one of the most shocking things ever that he's not only that he's playing, that he's playing and Phil's not playing, you know, a month ago, six weeks ago, you, nobody would have ever dreamed of that scenario. Um, but now if Tiger doesn't play this week, I don't know that I see him playing for a while. I just don't think he's coming back for a random tournament. I think this is a special case. He's trying to get ramped up for this. He knows he can take a bunch of time off after it. Um, because I think everybody, even himself, would agree that it seems too soon. You know, it just seems like he's not quite there yet physically. Um, is there more to be written? I mean, I tried to end the book, you know, saying, if it's over, what a great ending. You know, Tiger wins the Masters, Phil wins the PGA to become the oldest major champion. If that's all they ever do again, what, a, what, a, what amazing conclusion. 
but I sort of left the door open a crack that there could be more. You know, they're, they're certainly both, if healthy, capable of competing at the Masters and, and, and the British Open. You know, it, uh, th- those tournaments lend themselves to crafty, you know, experienced players. They both should be, I don't know what Phil, where the, where the stands out with Phil, but they sh- both should be future Ryder Cup captains. In theory, they would assist each other in those. You know, I mean, so I do think there's more for them. You know, it might not be winning majors necessarily or tournaments or a lot of them, but um, I, it, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for either one of them to do it again. Well, it's certainly uh, going to be fascinating here to see uh, if and when either of them return to uh, major competition. Bob Herrig, the book is Tiger and Phil, golf's most fascinating rivalry. Uh, I'm, I'm into it. I'm skipping around to chapters. I want to go back and sort of get through the whole thing. Uh, pick it up, Amazon.com, wherever you get uh, uh, books. Thank you so much for taking some time. Best of luck with the book. And uh, we look forward to follow, follow him on Twitter, at Bob Herrig. Uh, he'll know uh, as soon as anybody what's going on with, uh, with Tiger and if he can uh, tee it up. I certainly hope so. It's uh, it's sort of consuming all of our lives at this time. So uh, we'll be glad to know the answer here soon, hopefully. There you go. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, enjoy uh, the Masters next week, and uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you down the road. Sounds great. I appreciate you having me. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 